Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. A teacher told me uh, just a, a week or so ago, she said, uh, even kids that hate math think business numbers are fun because they're actually applying it to something, right? And they're seeing the result. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, the podcast that dives deep into the minds of entrepreneurs and business owners. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and today we have a truly inspiring episode in store for you. In this episode, we'll be joined by John Foster, founder of Middle School MBA and former corporate strategist. John's innovative approach to education is transforming the way we prepare our children for the world of business. Get ready to hear about the remarkable impact his program is making, teaching complex concepts like capital structures to students as young as 11. But that's not all. John shares his vision of expanding this model to provide low-cost education to millions of children across Asia and Africa. It's a truly fascinating endeavor that's redefining education on a global scale. So if you have a passion for empowering the next generation, this episode is a must-listen. Listen in for an engaging conversation that will leave you inspired and hungry for more. It's time to think big and think business. Let's get started. Hey, John, welcome to the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How's it going? Terrific. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing very well. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'd love to just start with learning a little bit about you. What do you do professionally? Maybe share a little bit about your background and and even personally a little bit if you're willing to. Yeah, sure. These days, I have a startup company called Middle School MBA. We teach business and economics to kids younger and faster than anybody on the planet. But uh, before that, um, I I did a 33-year career in industry, started out as a, as a chemical engineer and, and did your typical operating plants and building plants, and then uh, starting things up and eventually moved to the business side and managed businesses and then got into corporate strategy. And so I, I ran around the world and, and kind of had this uh, Adam Smith thing of, of why are some countries rich and some countries poor. And uh, as I worked through all those things in my mind, I, I kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow learner. So uh, I make every mistake in along the way in learning something. And once you've done that, 
you you know all the problems and you, you can show them to other people. So that's kind of how I ended up. Uh, I also did. Uh, I volunteered as a as a junior achievement consultant and was in classrooms teaching. You know this JA's curriculum to kids, and I, I just felt like it could be a lot better. And so I kept adding things to it until. At one point, I just had my own curriculum, and so I'm I'm teaching it, and everybody's loving it. and And one day, I was walking to class and said to myself, "Why am I only teaching 14 kids? I should teach 14,000." And so I I built all the tools out online and uh, launched Middle School MBA as a an education program. So we can drop into any school in the world overnight. Uh, we use the teacher who's there. So that we're actually blended learning. We're not online learning where where some kid is staring at a at a screen and clicking next. So what we do is we do a mind meld with the teacher. We we take a teacher who knows nothing about this stuff. We show them exactly how it works, and we give them all the tools to slides and activities and experiments that they can do with their class. And so as a result, we, we have the best of both worlds. We, we come in with, with very, very high-level curriculum, and then we have a teacher in the room who knows every kid that, that can pace it and adjust it for, for their class. So we're, we're able to go really fast with really high concepts to kids just, just anywhere, practically overnight. Hmm. So is your target market the schools or is it the teachers? It's the schools. Our customers are, are the schools. Okay. It, but it's it's their teacher, their kids, their facility, and, and our curriculum. So then does the school have to give some type of approval to, to I mean, is that a is that a tough sales cycle to be able to get a school to go, oh yeah, I'll let you teach this? Or what how does that play out? Well, it's a it's a long sales cycle in education at all. Okay. It always is. Curriculum gets adopted slowly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm not doing the teaching, so I don't interface with their kids. And so it's actually very easy for them. There's nothing for them to download. They just go to our website and log in and then everything they need streams. So no sort of security problems for them or nothing to put on their computers. And again, we don't interface with their kids. So, you know, everybody's got different uh, safety concerns and qualifications for teachers and all that. We don't fool with any of that because it's their teacher. So we do what we do best. We do the software. We supply what they need for their teacher to just really punch above their weight. And they all know they are. The teachers know they are. The kids know they are. And everybody really gets jazzed about that. So like, it sounds like there could be what four or five teachers, depending on grade levels and stuff, in a typical school that could introduce this product. Is that right? Or could could teach this product? So, assuming that's even close to, to correct what I'm saying, every school maybe has a potential for what five licenses. Is that the way that would look? Well, yeah. What we we actually sell it uh, per kid. Oh, okay. So there's there's only. You only need one license for your school, but you just say, I've got X number of kids, and we multiply it by the price, and, and that's how that works. I see. It's an annual subscription, so it's it's a long sales cycle, but but once we land somebody, we've got very, very high retention rates. So is it one core? Like, let's say someone, because I know you have a, the age range, is it 11 to 17, I think, is the age range? Yes. 
Yeah. So if someone gets introduced to the course at 11, let's say, let's say I'm a real ambitious teacher, school approves it, 11, I start teaching students. What happens when they go to the next grade level? Is there something else to continue in them? Or is it just that one course that they go through and then they pretty much are educated at that point? Typically, it's one course. Okay. We do have schools that that repeat it again. You know, in the in the homeschool uh, space, they're very big on on repeating, and we've had plenty of schools that have repeated and said we just got more out of it. You know, it was fine. Other schools, at, at, in some cases, we've had schools that that say we want to make business like our imprinter. You know, we, we, this is this going to be our marketing base of the school though, that we have a complete business program. And in, in that case, they teach every grade and we augment pieces of it. So we've got, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade material for each year. And because you can just keep growing it. When we're in a high school, they're using exactly the same materials as as when we're in a middle school, but the teacher is just moving faster. Right. It's hmm. it's really because the really the material is graduate level stuff. You know, we're teaching business cycles and capital structure and and things that you you'll never hear in even in undergraduate school. So it's it's just a matter of how fast and how deeply they want to go into the stuff we provide. I see. And what are you finding? Like, I'm going to use 11-year-olds, so I'm at the youngest in the range. But what are you finding at 11-year-old when you start talking to them about, about capital structures? Like, what's your secret sauce? Is there some way you break it down that makes it more digestible? Or yes. take me kind of through that a little bit. Yes, there is. Um, what we have is um, sort of the, the backbone of it is we have a, a visual 3D model of the economy. and so. They can actually see this. these are businesses and, and this is materials going between businesses and here's the employees and here's, here's the natural resources and here are the consumers. So all these pieces are there visually in this 3D model. And, and so we can layer in as much as, you know, make it as complicated or as simple as you, as you like and then lay it in, zoom in and out of the model. And, and so basically they see the whole structure of the economy we can hide everything but the capital, and then you see the capital structure. We can do the same thing with prices. They show the price structure, and then you see how they're all put together. And then each lesson, we zoom into the model and say, okay, we're going to talk about capital. So we zoom into capital, and we talk about what is capital, and what is what are its properties, and how does it work, and what's it for? And then we zoom back out so that you keep everything in, the, in perspective. So that's really the secret of how we're able to teach these things to kids so young. Hmm. And so the teacher is like, I'm assuming off her computer is projecting it to all the students. Is that correct? Exactly. The teacher projects the software on the wall and the wall walks the class through lessons and activities and experiments and whatever, whatever stuff they're going to do. If they're going to build a P&L, then there's a P&L projected on the board and they can plug in numbers. And so, yeah, we're giving the teachers a new superpower, you know, which is to be able to teach business economics to little kids. Fascinating. What do you think, have you done any diagnostics on what the market size is for something like this? Because it seems like you're going, I know obviously it's educational, software educational tools, but this is kind of a new area. So have you been able to quantify what a market size for something like this would be? 
Well, the I mean, the market is enormous. Uh, if you just talk about the sixth grade, there's there's over two hundred thousand sixth grade classes in in the United States. Over two hundred thousand, and another two hundred thousand in the rest of the English speaking world. And you know, we're not limited by any geographical borders. We have we have schools in Africa and Europe and wherever you want to talk about. The market itself, the total addressable market, is insanely big. You have to segment that down to some to schools that have like ambitious principles, principles that are ambitious for their kids and have a kind of a bigger vision than what's typically seen. You know, a lot of people in education, they they've kind of uh, they've been brought up in education. They went through education schools and now they're working in education. And and business is not really the first thing that comes to mind for them as you know, the thing they need in their school. But for those that are like, because, you know, business skills are life skills. These are things that everybody should know how, how to negotiate, how to deal with people, how to think about ethics, how to make ends meet. All those things are just life skills. And so when, uh, when principals recognize that and say, you know, I'm tired of sending kids into the world unprepared, they come to us. What are the objections that you get in terms of someone, a principal, not thinking it's the right fit? The biggest objection? Yeah. Is this young can't learn economics. You know, it's like, no, we just don't do that. Are, are you kidding? It's a little too out of the box for them. Right. But then once they get past that, there's there's sort of a, an echo of that from the teacher who goes, oh, wait, I, I, this is over my head. I can't teach this. Right. That one's pretty easy. Once they Once they look at the software, they go, oh, I got it. I mean, I've I've had teachers uh, ask me back in the early days. They say, "Would you come, like, team teach this with me once, so I know what's going on?" And within like a, with a couple of hours, they're like, "Why are you still in my classroom? You know, get out of here." So uh, those are the first two objections that you get. Then the next one is, well, you know, we're full. All of our where every minute of the day is spoken for. Uh, we don't have time to add something else. And I said, well, look, just look at the marginal thing you're teaching. Which which 30 minutes of the day do you feel like you get the least benefit from for your kids? And now compare that to dropping middle school MBA into that slot and decide, is your school better or worse, you know, from making that change? Huh, that's interesting. And then I would imagine most, are these mostly private schools or do you have public schools too? It's both. The, the, the low-hanging fruit is the private schools. We're in a lot of yeah. the deep private schools around the country. They're the, they're the fast adopters. But we have uh, several school districts that we're talking to around the country as well. So that's, that's really exciting. to Because, you know, 90% of the kids are in public schools. That's, yeah. that's how the numbers shake out. We didn't really expect to be in that um, segment for another couple of years. But They've, they've started opening it up. And, you know, I think the education space has become very dynamic in the last year. You've got a lot of what they call um, several states have, have installed uh, educational savings accounts where the money can go with the kids to wherever, whatever school the parents want to send them to. And that, I believe, is putting pressure on the public schools to be more innovative and and more open minded. You know, they're they're trying to to uh, expand their offering somewhat. So, 
It's a really dynamic space. Uh, homeschooling is growing like 12% uh, annually. You've got all sorts of micro schools and private schools, and it's really a cool space. Uh, it's certainly not a monolithic, you know, one size fits all thing anymore. Right. Is it accessible to homeschooling? So can the parent actually oh, license absolutely. it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool with a with a homeschool. We're not again directly to the kid. By right? which of the teacher and the teacher to the kid. So right. if you're looking for a a um, self taught homeschool curriculum, that's not us. Right. But uh, homeschoolers are very adept at at uh, making things work. Right. They're used to that. And so what happens is the 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 homeschool parent is the teacher, and if they have three or four kids then they just, they just run it like any other classroom. If they have only one kid or maybe two kids, then in addition to being the teacher, they may take on some other roles as well. You know, they may take one side of a negotiation or, or they may pitch a company or they may evaluate a pitch. So they just become involved in a little bit uh, heavier way. But, oh, yeah, it's, it's really super for, you know, for everybody, when you think about parents and kids, most parents struggle to explain to their kids how they make a living. You know, the, the kids don't really understand that. And we've had many of them say, you know, since my kid took middle school MBA, I have new ways to talk to them. We, I can talk about my business. I can talk about my work. And they get it. You know, they, they know what I mean. They understand what a P&L is. They understand why I have to make a profit. And they, they understand the pressures of, of uh, serving customers. So it's, it's really, really cool in, in that respect. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They know what I mean. They understand what a P&L is. They understand why I have to make a profit. And they, they understand the pressures of, of uh, serving customers. So it's, it's really, really cool in, in that respect. Yeah, sounds cool. Do you get into anything along the lines of like personal budgeting or personal finances? Does any of your program cover that? No, we don't. We leave that to Dave Ramsey or, or you know many other places where you can get personal finance. Our stuff is, is much a bit higher than that up up the ladder and we've only got 35 hours to do it all so uh but once you understand how to make a p l balancing the checkbook is, is really a piece of cake 
Yeah, the reason I ask is kind of the knock oftentimes in the school system is that there isn't like a personal finance or a budgeting. And a lot of times, you know, kids come straight out of high school, get into credit card debt, don't really know how to get out of credit card debt. And so it kind of seems like just from a potential you know, when you're when you're marketing your product, I know that's a gap in the educational system. It would seem like that would be an easy kind of check, so you know, on the checklist of getting in the door of offering that. So anyway, that's that's where my mind was going. What what's the typical feedback you get from students after that, or you hear? I guess I should say that you hear after they've gone through this. Like, do some of them not? Even though you you make it very accessible and at a level they most kids can digest it. Do some kids have trouble still digesting it? What are the positive and maybe the challenges that you see from kids? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something I'm really interested in. Whenever I can sit in a classroom and, and evaluate what's going on, my best guess is that somewhere 85 90% of, of the kids get it. They understand the concepts. They see how the pieces fit together. And then some percentage of them, a, a relatively small percentage, but but there's, there's always like one or two kids in the class that go, this is me. This is my life. This is where I'm going to go. You know, But regardless of that, all of them benefit because we show them the whole commercial landscape. This is how the world really works. You know, and this is how people get the things that they need. So whether you're going to be an employee or or a, a homemaker or whatever you're going to do, understanding that puts you way ahead of the game. And uh, I mean, we, had, we get some cool feedback. Like a uh, principal told me she was standing in the lunch line and heard these two sixth grade girls talking. One says to the other one, uh, how much do you think the profit margin is on those Nutri-Grain bars? <laughs> <laughs> and so we're in their heads. They they adopt the business lingo. They use it in their other classes. They, you know, we have these activities where they're, they're negotiating or they're pitching companies and stuff happens, you know, during these negotiations. And so they, you develop this lore around the program. You know, remember when 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 Billy lost his butt to Sally in that negotiation. You know, and they talk about these things over and over. We, we become part of the of the school's culture. So it's, it's teachers say that we we change their entire worldview for kids. Yeah, I mean it's huge. I mean I know you know when I went through school, there's certain things that happen educationally that are just so impressionable upon you, and just kind of live with you for many, if not forever, years. And uh, it's just it's empowering. I mean, it's, it's, there's terminology and things they're hearing that maybe you know profit margins I crack up with because you know my core client is oftentimes uh, business owners, and a lot of business owners don't even totally at least coming into conversations understand fully what profit margins are or how how to how to compute them and so to be able to give someone that much of an advance in life that's pretty darn cool yeah you know and and we do these exercises where we optimize factory we have a factory that makes four products. You can only make so many of each product and so many in total. So you have to choose not to make something. And so we say, okay, so here's here's this factory. How should we run it? And there's like a, a thousand different combinations that you can have. And we say, well, here's some information about the, these various products. You know, this one de-ices airplanes and this one movie stars like. How are you going to do it now? 
and they just fight about it. You know, how do you do it? And then we say, okay, here's how much profit each one earns. And boom, everybody's on the same page, right? They, they all agree this is exactly how we're going to run our factory. And then we, we tell them, so instead of profit, here's the revenue for this product and here's the cost. And then they figure out how much profit is and boom, do the same thing again. Pretty soon in their heads, they just, by inspection, they look at the numbers, they go, okay, this is the best one. You know, by very quickly, three, four, five iterations, and all of a sudden, they can, they're figuring profits in their head and, and optimizing the factory. A teacher told me uh, just a, a week or so ago, she said, uh, even kids that hate math think business numbers are fun because they're actually applying it to something, right? And they see in, they're seeing the result. Yeah. So. It brings it to life. It has a purpose. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. What's your grand vision here? Like, is it this product and just get it into as many hands as you can? Or do you have like a bigger vision of where your company can go? There's a, a couple of couple of things there. Uh, one is what you just said. Get this into as many hands as possible. Then we've got a project going on now in Africa with, with super low-cost private schools. These are schools that, that operate on, on like, uh, I don't know, 10 cents a day per kid. They don't have a floor. They don't have electricity and their parents are super poor, but their parents are coughing up 10 cents a day to, to send their kids to school. And we figured out a way that we can get projectors, battery powered projectors out of China for 20 bucks FOB and, and then put our curriculum on it. And what we want to do is find a local company there in that country, Nigeria, for instance, and have them sponsor the, the lesson. So go to the company and say, okay, look, for uh, for 15 cents a kid, you can have your name on every slide in this lesson. And, and now we have a, a business model for getting the best curriculum in the world into classrooms in the middle of nowhere with nothing, right? And once that works, then we turn around and say, okay, who's the best history teacher in the world, right? And if you're doing this for a million kids, it's a functional business model that can work uh, anywhere. So that's the that's the super grand vision. Okay, that's interesting. I, didn't, I hadn't thought of that, but that what a great idea. I mean, what a great way to get support for the product while getting visibility for whoever's supporting it. And I mean, you teach a million kids across Asia and Africa, business and economics. You're gonna you're gonna get. Uh, three Steve Jobs out of that or, you know, five Elon Musk. I mean, who knows? Very cool. Wow. I love that. I love, I love that concept. Cool stuff. So, Hey, I've got a couple fun questions. You've already answered kind of in my mind where you could go with this. So I think I'm going to switch gears into my couple fun questions for my first one. You've had a long journey, engineer, venture capitalist, stra corporate strategy. Now you're starting your own uh, uh, gig in an area that is interesting because I'm, I'm always fascinated, by the way, a little tangent here. I talk to so many uh, people that are doing their own ventures, and I'm always amazed they get into ventures that aren't necessarily related to what they've done most of their career. I mean, I realize the educating part you have, but or the learning about it you have, but with kids, it's kind of like a unique twist. And I'm always fascinated whenever I see people doing that. It's so cool that you're in a kind of a unique area that you're trying to forge the market in. So my question to you is this, is there, is there a business or even a life tip, something you've learned along the way that you could share with us that maybe we could apply and either make our business or life better? You know, for me, it's, 
only associate with the best people. Whoever you bring on board, whoever you, I mean, I love all my customers. They're they're great people. If if anybody's unhappy with us, I just give them their money back, and that's that. No no arguments, no nothing. And um, it's frequently it's you do it out. Like I, I'll be looking for somebody to help me, and I can't really find who I want. I'll just live without it for a while until I can find that that really top notch person. And that, that just pays enormous dividends across the board. So. My main thing is only deal with the the really best people you can get your hands on. I love that. Do you have any criteria of what you define as like the best people? Is it a gut feel? Is it certain history that they've had? A little bit of everything? I'd be curious. Yeah, for me, when we were hiring uh, in industry, we were in a relatively technical field. But we said uh, what we want are brains and attitude. You know, if I, you may not have the exact experience that we're looking for, but if you're smart, we can teach you. And if, if you have a good attitude, you know, if you're motivated and, and, and willing to learn, then, then we want you. And then since, since leaving there, you know, I've added to that uh, really ethics and, and, and principles. Uh, is that just have to be, there's just no room for, for anybody that's a little bit shady or, or a little bit dishonest or anything like that. Yeah, that plays in that gray area too much. Right. <laughs> There's no room for those type. Yeah, I get it. Okay, that's great. I, I really love that feedback. And then another one I love to ask, uh, is there something you're enjoying right now, whether it be a book, a podcast, a show, something that maybe you could share with us and we can get some enjoyment from? I'm reading um, Peter Atiyah's book right now, Outlive. And uh, it's yeah. a terrific book. I love his his approach. You know, he he started as an engineer, then he went into medicine, and then he dropped out of medicine because he was frustrated that that medicine was so slow to improve. You know, he he actually got he was at uh, Johns Hopkins, I believe, and um, they just wouldn't. Uh, it was too stodgy. You know, they, he he look, we can do better and. And they weren't interested in doing better. So he dropped out of that. And, and then he came back to it sort of as an analyst later. And so he's, he's a brilliant guy. And he's got a lot to say about what kills people. You know, what are you, what are you likely to die from? What are your odds? And, and how to try to, to deal with that. But he's, he's brutally honest and just uh, scary smart. So it's, it's, it's a fun read. Ah, it sounds like it. I'll have to, uh, that'll definitely, I'll put that in the show notes, but I'll have to check that out. I've heard of it. I've just never uh, got around to reading it. It feels like my reading list always gets longer. I never catch up on it. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, John, thanks so much. I, I can't thank you enough to share about your business, some of the intimate parts of it, what your strat, some of your strategies about it. Your website is middleschoolmba.com. Once again, middleschoolmba.com. I'll put those in the show notes at thinktyler.com. If people wanted to reach out to you, is that the place to do it or is there anywhere else you'd like them to go? No, that's that's the place. We have a contact page there. You can email me directly. Love to hear from people. Very cool. Well, hey, thanks again for being a guest and uh, can't wait. Maybe you can come back again in the future and hopefully when you're uh, in your next rung of your success, we can talk about it. That would be great. I'd love to, Tyler. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Take care. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. 
If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.